1: The year was 1945, and the Stanley Cup Finals was a best-of-seven series between the Detroit Red Wings and the Toronto Maple Leafs. The Maple Leafs won the series by four games to three. This was the first cup final in NHL history where both teams started rookie goaltenders, Harry Lumley, who had become the youngest goaltender to play in the league the previous year was in the wings net, while Frank McCool substituted for regular Maple Leafs netminder Turk Broda, who was in Europe with the Canadian Army at the time. And on radio, we were all listening to The Jack Benny Show.
2: Mary Livingston, Phil Harris, Rochester, Larry Stevens, and yours truly, Don Wilson. Ladies and gentlemen, two weeks ago, Jack Benny had dinner at Mr. and Mrs. Ronald Coleman's house. And tonight, as a typical good neighbor, Jack has invited the Colemans over to his house. So let's go out to Beverly Hills where we find Jack preparing for the arrival of his distinguished guests. Well, I'm almost dressed, Rochester.
3: Uh-huh. uh how, uh, how do I look in my, um... How do I look in my striped pants and swallowtail coat? You look like a master of ceremonies at Forest Lawn.
4: <laughs> I do not.
3: Now, Rochester, when you're serving dinner tonight, remember, serve the tomato juice first, then the salad then the meat, and then the vegetables. I'm glad you brought that up, boss. I wanted to ask
4: you about the peas.
3: What about the peas? Do you want me to spoon them out or count them out?
4: <laughs> uh,
3: spoon them out tonight. There's nothing too good for the Coleman. And um,
4: <laughs> uh, don't
3: forget, uh, for dessert, we're having a flaming plum pudding.
2: How do you fix it,
4: boss?
3: Well, you take the plum pudding and put it in a bowl.
4: Uh-huh.
3: Uh, Then you take a pint of brandy, good brandy, you know, real old brandy, and you pour it over the pudding. Continue, boss, you
4: fascinate me. (laughs) Then you take a
3: match and set fire to the brandy.
4: You what?
3: (laughs) You take a match and set fire to the brandy.
4: Boss, I doubt if I'll have (laughs) a heart. Well,
3: just do as I tell you. See you later. Jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle dum da ding Gee, I hope the gang got all those contest letters cleaned up. I don't want the Coleman's to find out that so many people can't stand me. Well, kids, are you about finished with the mail?
5: We're all through, Jack, except for those entries over there in the corner.
3: Why haven't you opened those?
5: They're still ticking. <laughs> <laughs>
3: ticking? You mean that... Hey, there's one that's smoking. Quick, Donald, throw it out the window. Okay. Hmm, I wonder why the... Hmm, fine Christmas spirit. That, that thing could have... Hello, Mr. Benny. Huh? Who are you?
6: I was just passing by
3: and something blew me in. (laughs) Oh, oh, well, Merry Christmas. Same to you, goodbye. Goodbye, Now, kids, we've got to get all these letters read because the contest ends tomorrow night, December 24th, you know.
5: Say, Jack, listen to this letter I just opened. I think it's from a Scotch girl.
3: A Scotch girl? What does it say?
5: I can't stand Jack Benny because his nose is warmer than mine. Sign, Lassie.
3: (laughs) Oh, she's just mad because she read that big story about me in Newsweek. Anyway, kids, never mind the rest of those letters. Mr. and Mrs. Coleman will be here for dinner soon. I also invited their friend, Jack Wellington. So please be on your best behavior. Especially you, Phil. Me? Yes, you. Just for tonight, don't bring your jug to the table with
4: you. (laughs) Please. Now wait a
3: minute, Jackson. Have you ever tried eating that meat straight? (laughs) I know it's awful, Phil, but do it just as a favor to me. And another thing, Phil, when you take the jacket off the baked potato, you're not supposed to go. (whistles) (laughs) It's only a potato. And Don... Yes, Jack? Don, when Rochester offers you a third helping, try to refuse, will you? Or at least say well before you dive in.
4: (laughs) And Mary... Oh,
5: Jack, don't try to tell me anything about eating.
3: You better listen to him, Libby. He was eating 30 years before you were born. (laughs) Bill, your Christmas present isn't so big that I can't carry it back to the store. So don't try (laughs) to... Oh, hello, Polly. Merry Christmas.
4: Merry Christmas. (laughs) Thank you. Say,
3: kid, kid, don't you think uh, my Christmas tree is a beauty? Look how big it is. It sure is, Mr. Benny. Where did you get it? Well, I'll uh... tell you, kid. A man drove through Beverly Hills with that tree laying on top of his car, and Jackson was right behind him. Bill, Jackson knew about the sharp curve in the road, and the man didn't. (laughs) Bill, please, Christmas trees are very sentimental to me. In fact, I used to go out in the woods and cut down my own tree. But I gave that up.
5: Yeah, it's so hard to find one with packages under it. (laughs)
3: Yeah. Anyway, this is the best Christmas tree I've ever had. And look at all those presents. Say, Mr. Benny, what's in that great big box over there all tied up with that red and green ribbon? That's there every year, kid. It's a decoy. (laughs) It is not. Oh, boss, boss. What is it, Rochester?
6: For dinner tonight, do you want French bread, raisin bread, or English muffins?
3: Hmm, English muffins. Are they the real
6: English muffins? Oh, they? I, mean, I cut one of them open and filed two tickets to a cricket
4: match. <laughs> well, you
3: can't go. You've got work to do. And by the way, I hired, I hired an English butler to help me serve tonight, uh, so the Colemans will feel at home. He should be here any minute. Gosh, I bet right now Ronnie and Benita are sitting on pins and needles, waiting to leave their house. <laughs>
5: Johnny, where are you? Right here in the
7: library, it. Hey,
5: darling, it's almost eight o'clock. It's time for us to go over to Mr. Benny's house. Have you forgotten?
8: Oh, no, no, I haven't forgotten. It's been on my mind all week.
5: <laughs> <laughs> so, uh,
8: perhaps we can phone and make some excuse. No,
5: no, darling, the... we can't do that. He's probably gone to a great deal of trouble preparing dinner. In fact, just this afternoon, his butler... Uh, oh, what's his butler's name again? Um... Manchester? Yes. Yeah. Uh, Manchester. Well, he came to the back door and wanted to borrow some sugar, so I gave him a saucerful.
8: You gave him a saucerful?
5: Yes, they already have all our cups.
8: <laughs> yes. Yes, I... I wondered why Sherwood served my afternoon tea in a Dixie cup. But well, I guess you're right, Benita. Maybe we should go. I'll never forget when Benny invited us to his house three years ago, and we didn't show up. You know, it made him so angry he wrote a letter to Britain asking for his bundle back. Oh,
5: yes, well, he's probably sensitive. Boy, well, it's getting late. You better start dressing.
8: Oh, yes, yes. And I mustn't forget to take Jack Benny's shoes back to him.
5: His shoes?
8: Yes, he he slipped them off when he was having dinner here two weeks ago. (laughs) You know, I've never seen such interesting shoes. There's so many secret pockets in them. (laughs) And uh, there's a little device in there where, where you wiggle your toes and it makes change.
5: Mr. Benny, I should have known they weren't yours when I saw the box spring in the arch support. Yeah, I
8: noticed that too. Uh, By the way, Benita, who's invited to the dinner besides us?
5: Well, I understand there'll be Mary Livingston. She's on his program, you know.
8: Mary Livingston. Uh, Didn't she at one time work behind the stocking counter at the May Company?
5: Yes, and I can't understand her giving up a good job like that.
4: (laughs) Let's see.
5: Oh, yes. Besides Mary Livingston, there'll be that uh, Phil
4: Harris fellow. Oh, oh
8: yes. Ham, hocks, and turnip greens.
4: <laughs> hey, Benita,
8: couldn't we phone and say that Uncle Oswald is ill and oh, that yeah. we have to go and visit him? You,
5: you can't do that. After all, Mr. Benny lives right next door. He'll see our lights and know we're home.
8: Oh, yes, yes. Even that 30-foot fence doesn't keep him from peeping in on it. Creeping along his side of the fence with a periscope. <laughs>
4: <laughs>
8: oh, I... A most remarkable fellow.
5: I do hope Mr. Benny doesn't insist on playing that violin tonight.
8: Oh, why, Benita, why did you have to bring that up? For ten years I've been plagued with love in bloom. I have hoped, I wished. Yes, even prayed for a minor disaster, a fire, a tornado, even termites, anything. But destroy that violin. It Well, if he can't be stopped, then in the name of heaven, let him play right. Give him the will. Give him the strength. Give him the talent to hit that high
5: note. <laughs> Bucky's got short fingers.
4: And <laughs> well,
8: every day for ten years it's been loving bloom. And now it's a new one. Kiss me once and kiss me twice and
4: da-da-da-da-da.
8: Sorry, dear, but I didn't mean to lose my temper.
5: Well, cheer up, darling. I'm sure we'll have a lovely evening at Mr. Benny's. Yeah, I
8: hope so.
5: Mm, perhaps you'll eat a lot and fall asleep early. <laughs> <laughs> Dining room and see if the table looks all right.
3: Yeah, in a minute, Mary. I'm busy. <laughs> pretty high-class people. They don't go places just to eat.
4: Now, let me it.
3: I'll have to get a new string. That
5: was the door buzzer.
4: <laughs> oh.
3: Oh, oh. Oh, say, maybe that's the... Never mind, Rochester. I'll get it.
6: Yes? Oh,
1: Oh,
3: yes, you're the English butler I ordered. Have you had much experience at oh, serving? yes, you in such Well, good, good. Uh, go
4: right. Go
3: right, go right in the kitchen and get started. Uh, what's your name? Birdlefloo.
9: <laughs>
4: what
2: what was that? Birdlefloo. <laughs>
4: oh.
3: Well, tonight, tonight I'll just call you Nottingham. Birdlefloo. <laughs>
5: What was that?
3: It was the uh, it was the English butler I hired for tonight. I'm go- I'm calling him Nottingham. Uh, do you think that's English enough?
5: Uh, why don't you call him the White Cliffs of Dover? <laughs> no, no, that's
3: too long. Uh, maybe hey, I will oughta- why don't you call him Heathcliff? Heathcliff? Sure, you're trying to pull a
4: bluff. <laughs> 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 oh, Phil said they ought to hang
3: you up instead of your stockings.
4: <laughs> you can say that
3: again. Oh, oh, that must be the Coleman's now. I'll give it. No, Rochester. That's why I got the English butler. Uh, Nottingham,
8: uh, answer the door, please.
6: Yeah.
8: <laughs> hey, good evening. Mr. Benny is expecting us.
6: Oh, come in, sir. I have call
2: called the waiter in the drawing room. What was that? Come in, sir. I haven't called the waiter in the drawing room. <laughs>
6: uh, oh, you're the fellow who sells the tobacco. Oh. I'm glad you came so
3: early Hello, Jack, old boy So good of you to have us over Oh, it's a pleasure indeed Nottingham, take Mr. and Mrs. Coleman's hat, coat, and canoe (laughs) (laughs) uh,
4: uh, (laughs) Thank
8: you 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 know, Jack, I just made an awful mistake I didn't know you had a second butler Oh, yes, yes, he's English, you know But his English accent is so thick well, he's been there twice. <laughs> uh,
3: twice, you know.
8: Well, if he ever goes back again, he'll choke to death.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
4: yes, yes.
8: Uh, come, uh, come, let's go into the drawing room.
5: By the way, Mr. Benny, where is Manchester?
3: What? <laughs> what did you say?
5: Uh, where is Manchester?
3: Oh, oh, Manchester. Well, you go out to Palva de Bulla. <laughs>
8: Jack, Benita means Manchester, your butler. Oh, oh, that's Rochester. Rochester.
4: Let Nottingham do it. <laughs> I'm not talking to you.
3: Uh, Benita, my butler's name is Rochester. He's in the cu- uh, kitchen getting the grub, getting dinner ready. Uh, come, let's go into the drawing room. I want you to meet my uh, associate. Here we are. Mr. and Mrs. Coleman, this is my radio cast. And how do you, how do, do you do? How
2: do you do, Mr. and Mrs. Coleman? Hiya, Ronnie.
3: Benita, what do you hear from the tea and crumpets?
2: <laughs> well,
3: you know, Ronnie, he's filled such an unruly blighter.
8: <laughs> you should excuse the expression.
3: <laughs> By the way, Ronnie, I have a little surprise for you this evening. I also invited your friend, Jack Wellington, to dinner. Wellington,
8: splendid. Did you hear that, Benita?
3: Yes, isn't that nice? Uh, sit down, folks. We'll have cocktails in just a few minutes. I hope you'll pardon the way my house looks, but I've been so busy opening mail.
5: Oh, that reminds me. How is your I Can't Stand Jack Benny radio contest coming along?
3: Oh, wonderful, wonderful. Of course, it ends tomorrow night. So, Benita, if you want to get your letter in, be sure it's postmarked before midnight, December 24th.
2: You know, Jack just received a citation in Congress because of all the national unity his I Can't Stand Jack Benny contest is promoting. (laughs) Was that national
8: unity?
5: Yes, it's the first time in history that the Republicans and Democrats agree on the same thing. (laughs)
2: Yes,
4: sir,
5: that's me. (laughs) Yep. Oh, Ronnie, look at that Christmas tree. Isn't it beautiful?
3: Yes, it certainly is. I suppose you folks have a nice Christmas tree, too.
5: Well, we bought a nice tree, but while we were driving home, a peculiar thing happened. (laughs)
4: Yes, Ronnie made a
5: sharp turn, and that's the last we saw of it.
3: Oh, oh, that's a shame.
5: Well... How about some Um, (laughs)
4: coffee?
3: What What would you like, Ronnie? Oh, nothing right now, thanks, Jake. But after dinner, perhaps a little B and B. Oh, so will I. For dinner, I always have an S &S, and S. S and
4: S. &S.
5: Now, what's that? Half soda and half sympathy soothing syrup.
3: (laughs) Yeah, it's awfully good. Old man's blues, Wellington's (laughs) royals. What? Oh, he must mean that Wellington is here.
6: Oh, come right in.
3: Come right in. Hello,
6: Danny, old boy. Ronnie Benito. Wellington. Oh, Mr. Benito told us you were coming.
3: Uh, Mr. Wellington, this is my radio gang here. Miss Mary, Phil, Don, and Larry. Oh, good oh, no, Lord. No, hey, yeah. Well, we're all here now. Hey, Wellington, you lost half your glasses.
6: Phil, yeah, that's a monocle.
4: <laughs> half his
6: glasses. Say,
8: uh, uh, Wellington, <laughs> I should tell you we... We had a letter from Wickersham the other day. Wickersham? Well, well, how is the old duffer? Oh, he sounded cheerful enough. What a sense of humor he has.
5: (laughs) Yeah, Willie, that reminds me. Why don't you tell Mr. Benny and his friends that amusing anecdote Wickersham always tells at dinner parties. Oh, yes,
3: yes. Now, let's see. Now, how does that go? While you're thinking about it, I can play a solo on my... Oh, I have
6: it. I have it. Good. Good. (laughs) Good.
5: Wellie, tell that amusing
6: story. <laughs> well, it seems that there was a rather old codger in London who was somewhat hard of hearing, and he was riding on a westbound tram to Oh, no, 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 Wellington, it was an eastbound tram. Oh, yes, he was riding on an eastbound tram. Yes, he was
5: going to Trafalgar Square, so it must have been a southbound
6: tram. I joke, Belita, you're right. It was a southbound tram. Well, anyway, he wanted to get off at Wembley Station. Oh, you see, Jack, uh, Wembley is the station where the tram stops. Oh, good, I thought the man wanted to jump off.
4: <laughs> well, <laughs>
6: Anyway, this old codger turned to the woman standing next to him and said... Wasn't it a man standing next to him? No, no, it was... By Jove, it was a man.
4: <laughs>
5: Anybody here care to shoot a game of pool? <laughs>
4: Mary.
6: <laughs> anyway, he turned to the man standing next to him and inquired, Is this Wembley? And the man said... No, no, wait,
8: wait. You forgot to mention that the second chap is hard of hearing, too.
6: Oh, yes, yes. That's <laughs> important. Well... He turned to this stranger and asked, is this Wembley? And the stranger who was hard of hearing said, no, this isn't Wembley, this is Thursday. So the old codger. I say, did I tell you that this old codger was also hard of hearing?
8: Oh, yes, yes. You told them that when you mentioned it was a westbound tram.
5: Uh, southbound,
8: Oh, yes, yes,
6: yes. Trafalgar Square, that's right. Uh, so the old codger who was hard of hearing said Thursday, so am I. Let's get off and have a drink. <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> hmm.
2: Southbound tram, Trafalgar Square. Oh, it was a very amusing story, Mister Wellington. Very funny. Uh, would you folks care for a cigarette? Yes, thank you. you. Thank you. Southbound tram, Trafalgar Square, Trafalgar. You see, these cigarettes I just gave you are lucky strikes. They are made of the finer, the lighter, the naturally milder tobacco.
6: Well, that's interesting, isn't it, now?
2: He
3: got off at Wembley Station because he was hard of hearing,
2: so he... And didn't... you notice that Lucky Strikes are so round, so firm, so fully packed, so free and easy on the draw. Oh,
5: enchanting. Yeah,
2: please go
8: on, Mr. Wilson. And the second chap got off the tram
3: because it was so fully
2: packed. No, no, that was a
6: woman by Jove.
2: That's right. And that's the reason LSMFT is so popular. LSMFT stands for Lucky Strike Means Fine Tobacco.
6: Amazing, amazing.
2: Yes, just think
8: of it. LSMFT. Lucky Strike Means Fine Tobacco.
6: Deucedly clever, isn't it?
3: So when the stranger said this is Thursday the man who was hard of hearing said so am i let's get off and have a drink Oh yes Thursday thirsty
6: <laughs> That is a clever anecdote Yes
3: here come the cocktails. Set them right over here in Nottingham. No. <laughs> well, folks, dinner will be ready pretty soon, and I can't tell you how happy I am that you were all able to come over. Particularly at this time so close to Christmas. Oh, thank you, Jackie. Thank you. And since it is so close to Christmas, I think it'd be nice if we had Larry Stevens sing an appropriate song. Oh, good, good.
5: By all means.
3: Are you ready, Larry? Yes, Mr. Benny. Go right ahead. Here, let me sit next to you, Mary. Uh-oh. Now, folks, let's all have a cocktail before we go into dinner. Oh, that's
8: fine. And, Jack, if you don't mind, I'd like to propose a toast. Of course, Ronnie. We'd love to have you do it. I propose a toast to the world. A world which has just survived the bloodiest and costliest of all human conflicts. A world which was so nearly led back to the dark ages of oppression and slavery by cruel and greedy men who traded in hate. It seems impossible that there could be any more suffering than mankind has just endured. But it is possible, and it will happen, if we lose sight of the lessons so bitterly learned. Let us remember that men everywhere are our neighbors, and their right to life and freedom is as precious to them as ours is to us. So here's a toast to all the people in the world. May we, by working together for a lofty purpose and with God's help, achieve the goal that mankind for 20 centuries has striven for. Peace on earth, goodwill to men.
3: Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas.
4: Merry Christmas, Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas.
3: again to mr. and mrs. Ronald Coleman and their friend mr. Wellington for spending the evening with us and I and my whole gang want to wish everybody everywhere a very Merry Christmas Good night. Thank you
2: Gentlemen, the contest ends tomorrow, December 24th at midnight. If you haven't sent in your entry, do it now. Just complete this sentence, I can't stand Jack Benny because, in 50 words or less, and mail your letter to the Jack Benny Contest, Hollywood 28, California. Prizes would total $10,000 in victory bonds, and in case of a tie, duplicate prizes will be awarded. The board of judges include Goodman Ace of the Easy Aces and Peter Laurie. And the supreme and final judge will be the Honorable Fred Allen. (laughs) The decision of the judges will be final, and all letters become the property of Jack Benny, including the rights to publish. This contest is open to everyone except the employees of the American Tobacco Company, its agents, and the National Broadcasting Company. It is subject to all federal and state laws and regulations. This is the National Broadcasting
1: Company. Stay tuned for X-Minus One next on Theatre of the Mind. You're listening to Theatre of the Mind on Zoomer Radio, AM 740 and 96.7 FM in downtown Toronto. Time now for x minus 1.
10: Countdown for blast off. X minus 5, 4, 3, 2, x minus 1, fire. Tonight, a Ray Bradbury story, Marionettes Incorporated. By the year 1990, we should see many amazing technological advances. And yet, in many ways, life will be very much the same. A husband will stop off at a bar on his way home and perhaps unburden himself a little to a friendly bartender. Well,
8: that's good. Almost feel as if I could go home
11: and face Nettie now. Wife trouble, Mr. Smith? Wife trouble, Sam. If only she'd relax a little bit. Look, you see this bruise on my lip? She kisses me. For an hour every night when I come home. Can you do anything for it? Well, I try, Sam. You can't figure them out. Well, I guess I'll go home and feed myself to the lioness. I tell you, Sam, when Nettie gets finished demonstrating how much she's missed me... I feel like a man who's been stuffed into an electronic washing machine with the dial set at rinse dry. How much do I owe you? Well, if it isn't Henry Smith. Hmm? Brailing! Well, <laughs> as I live and breathe. Walter Bray- What are you doing here? Having the night out. Say, does Gloria know about this? Things have changed, Henry. I thought she kept you chained to the bedpost most of the time. Not anymore, Henry. Not anymore. Say, you aren't divorced, are you? Oh, no. Gloria's home. What did you do? Put sleeping powder in her coffee? Oh, goodness, no. That, that would be highly unethical. Well, now, look, I can't believe you just walked out on her. Ten years of marriage, Henry, and I never had a night to myself. But it will be different from now on. By the way, what time is it? Uh, ten o'clock. I guess I'd better be going. <laughs> Scared? Don't want to crowd my luck. Oh. Although, really, there's, there's nothing to worry about. Well, I'd sure like to know how you do it, Woolly. Would you really? Yes, I would. All right, Henry, since you've always been a friend of mine, I'll let you in on it. Come on, my car's outside. I'll drive you home and let you see how it's done. Well, now, that's nice of you, Walter. Oh, no, no, not at all. We fellas have to stick together. <laughs> I don't suppose you know how Gloria and I came to be married in the first place. Uh, no, I don't. One evening, she threatened to tear off her clothing and call the police unless I married her. No. Oh, yeah. Well, that's a bit extreme, isn't it? Gloria's a nervous girl. Oh. I bet you've had a pretty wretched time of it, huh? Yeah. yeah. Didn't take long for me to become the laughingstock of the neighborhood. Henpeck Brailing, they used to call me. I know that. But, uh... Things are changing now. See this? What's this? A single ticket to Rio on the morning rocket. I have hotel reservations there for a month. A whole month, Henry, to have a fling. Well, won't Gloria make trouble over that? <laughs> well, that's the amazing part of it, Henry. She won't even know that I'm gone. Huh? And I'll be back in a month and knowing the wiser. <laughs> you, you, you don't believe it, do you? Well, frankly, No. Just how are you going to swing it, Walter? That's the secret, Henry. I, I tell you, it is the most wonderful thing ever invented. Worth every cent I paid for it. Well, uh, what is it? it? I'm going to show you. Now, here's my house. You notice the lights are all out? Mm-hmm. Shh, shh, shh. Now, we'll wait here on the front porch. Say, Moolah, you haven't gone off your rocker, have you? Shh, 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 shh. let see. Oh, I meow twice. That's, that's it. <coughs> meow? Meow? Now watch the window in my bedroom. It looks as if somebody's... Hey! There's a man up there. He's looking loud. Good. He, he sees me. Now, he'll be down directly. Oh, now, look, isn't this a bit embarrassing for you, Walter? No, no, not at all. You'll find out. Here he comes. Hello, B-2. Good evening, Mr. Brayley. Uh, either I'm going out of my mind, or there are two of you. You never told me you had a twin brother. I don't. Look, if this fellow were in the pajamas, I couldn't tell you apart. Well, that's the secret, Henry. Uh, Everything go all right, uh, B-2? B-2? Uh, just fine, Mr. Brailing. Uh, I suppose my wife was in her usual good form this evening? Why, well, as a matter of fact, we spent the evening playing gin. No screaming? Shouting? Accusations? Uh, no, sir. It was a very quiet evening. Well, but this is even better than I thought. Uh, Marionettes Incorporated aims to satisfy, sir. Uh, did he say Marionettes Incorporated? That's right, Henry. Now look him over. Isn't he excellently fashioned? You you wouldn't dream he was a robot, a marionette. No, I don't believe it. <laughs> well, it's, it's against the law, of course, to duplicate a human like this, but it's it's well worth the opportunity.
12: I still don't believe it. You can't tell him from a human.
11: Well, on, only one way put your ear next to his chest, huh? That's it. Now listen.
12: It's machinery.
11: Walter, old man, how long has this been going on? Well, I've had him a month. I, I keep him in the cellar in my toolbox. And tonight I told Gloria that I'd like to be excused for five minutes to run down to the cigar store. Uh-huh. She agreed. I went down the cellar, took out Brailing 2, and sent him back upstairs to sit with my wife till I got home. It's miraculous. Of course, Walter, it, uh... Well, it doesn't seem quite ethical, somehow. Oh, nonsense. Highly ethical, hmm? I've been home all evening. I shall be home with her for the next month. In, in the meantime, another gentleman named Walter Brayling will be in Rio having the time of his life. Well, can he, uh, walk around without fuel for a month? He refuels himself. Oh. Uh, he's built to do everything. Eat, drink, sleep. You'll take good care of my wife, won't you, B-2? Well, your wife is rather nice. I've grown quite fond of her. <laughs> you see? Yeah, Walter, uh, oh, oh man, uh, How long has this Marionettes Incorporated outfit been in business? Secretly for two years now. Why? Well, I wonder... uh, You suppose uh, there's a
12: possibility that uh, I might get in touch with him?
11: You? Hmm. But your Nettie is madly in love with you. Well, I know that, but even so... uh, (laughs) Just a little respite, you know? A night or two once a month, huh? But she loves you dearly. Mm. So much she can't bear me to leave her for half an hour. You know that lately she's taken to calling me up at work 10 or 12 times a day, talking baby talk. Your netty. My Netty So now what do you say, old man? Hmm? As a favor to an old buddy, huh? A fellow lodge member? Well, I, I could put you in touch with the man who makes them. Because ah. you'd be pledged to secrecy once you learned where he's located. Oh, well, naturally,
12: naturally. Oh,
11: very well, then. Uh, here's his card. Hmm. Marionettes Incorporated. W. Zieg. Proprietor and owner. New humanoid plastic 1990 models guaranteed against wear. Our motto, no strings attached. Address, the Jumper Shop, 43 South Wesley Drive. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mr. Zieg will take care of you. He's a charming fellow. Mm-hmm. Real craftsman. Say, that's wonderful, Walter. I'll see him first thing tomorrow. Well, i better be getting home now, uh, Nettie is probably splitting a gasket. Well, see you around, old man, after I get back from Rio. <laughs> oh, uh, while I'm going, you might drop around regularly, just as you always have. Uh, treat Brayling too here as if he were me. Otherwise, Gloria might be suspicious. Yes, fine, I'll do that. Oh, uh, before I go, um, these marionettes, uh, they're safe, aren't they? Oh, absolutely. Uh, tell him, be too. Oh, we're guaranteed. Uh-huh. well, that's fine. Well, good night, Walter. Good night, uh... B too. Good night, Mr. Smith. Good night, Henry. Well, I'm glad someone else will have a chance at a little happiness and freedom. All right, Brailing Two, it's back into the cellar box for you. Come on, down the steps. That's it. It's uh, very damp down here, Mr. Brailing. Bad plumbing. Here we are. Mr. Brayling. Yeah? uh, Before you put me back into the toolbox, could we have a word? Certainly, old man. Now, this toolbox. Yes, what about it? Well, I don't like it, Mr. Brayling. Why not? Well, it's cramped. Oh. Well, I'll try to fix up something more comfortable when I get back from Rio. All right, now, before Gloria gets worried, back into the... Marionettes are made to move, not keep still. Uh, Now, how, how would you like to lie in a stuffy old box most of the time? Well, I didn't realize you fellas were that sensitive. Well, you wouldn't like it at all. I, I keep running. There's no way to shut me off. I have my feelings, you know. Well, a day after tomorrow, I'll be off to Rio, and you won't have to stay in the box for a whole month. You can move upstairs. But when you come back from Rio, I'll go back into the box. <sighs> Mr. Zig didn't tell me at Marionettes Incorporated that it was possible to get a difficult specimen. Oh, uh, there's a lot he doesn't know about us. Look 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 here B2. This has gone far enough. I'll never get to now, Come on, come on now into the box. And another thing. Well, your wife. Yes, what about me? I've grown quite fond of I'm her. I'm glad that you enjoy your employment. You'll have the whole month. I'm now. afraid you don't quite understand, Braylon. I've fallen in love with yes, her. Yes, well, all right. You what? Well, you see it. Well, you just don't appreciate it. Maybe if you hadn't acted so meek and apologetic about everything, well, she'd have a little more respect for you as a man. You are not supposed to behave like this, you know. Yeah, I think I could be very happy if I were married to Gloria. Aren't you forgetting that you are nothing but a big, overgrown puppet? Now, careful, Brayling. I- I'm sensitive. Uh, I'm sorry. Look, uh, you-, you wouldn't mind waiting here a moment, would you? I have to go upstairs and make a phone call. Uh, to whom? Nobody important. I-, I, um, uh, I have to call Henry Smith about something. You're lying. Now, you're going to call Marionettes Incorporated and tell Mr. Sive to come and, and get me. No, really, I'm, I'm not. I, I, was, I was... B-2, stay away. Now, stand where you are, Braylee. Now, B, B-2, take your hand off my no, arm. No, Braylee. What are you going to do? Nothing much. I'm just going to put you in the toolbox, lock it, and lose the key. Then I'll buy another ticket to Rio, and Gloria and I can have a wonderful vacation. You're insane. Oh, am I? Now, wait a minute. Hold on, B2. Don't, don't, don't be rash. Now, let's talk this over. Goodbye, Braylee. Now, B2, stop it. Don't, don't. Let's, let, let go.
6: Let, get into the box, Braylee. There. Yeah,
4: yeah.
6: Let me out. Let me out. Walter?
4: Walter?
6: Yes, Gloria? What?
13: Down there
11: at this time of night. Well, nothing, Lover. Uh, the pipes were knocking, and I'm just making sure the boiler hasn't exploded. Now, you go to bed, and I'll be up soon. Hurry, won't
13: you? We had such a nice evening.
11: I'm lonesome for you. Uh, you won't ever be lonesome again, darling. Never again. Never <laughs> again.
8: Good morning, Nettie.
7: Good morning, darling. How are you? Have a nice time last night? I... I missed you so. Mm-mm. Is breakfast ready? Well, aren't you going to kiss me good morning? Huh?
11: Oh, uh, yes, I suppose so. Mm.
7: You're so wonderful, Henry. I... I guess I'm the luckiest person in the world. hmm Now, here's your coffee. How would you like your eggs? Oh, uh,
11: any way at all.
7: But I want to please you.
11: Look, skip the eggs this morning.
7: But you have to eat to keep well, darling. I'm
11: very healthy. I I have an early business appointment this morning.
7: Oh?
11: Yes, it's a friend of Walter Brayling's. I met Walter last night. Oh. Yes. So, um, I'd better be off. Now, Nettie, don't look as if I were on my way to Rio or something. Well,
7: it it's just that I miss you so. I want to be with you all the time.
11: Oh, dear! Do I have to go through this every morning? I'll be back at supper. Now, there's no need to cry. Now, is there?
7: <laughs> no, darling. You—you you aren't displeased with me, are you? I try so hard to do everything just as I think you'll like it. I
11: know, no. I'm—I'm I'm not displeased. Now, oh. goodbye, dear. Henry. Yes.
7: You forgot to kiss me goodbye.
8: No strings attached, no strings attached.
11: A very nice puppet with no strings attached. Uh, let's see now, Jumble Shop, 43 South Wesley. Well, that should be about, um...
12: Ah, here it is. Yes? Uh, Mr. Zag? Yes? Uh, Walter Brayling, recommended name. Enter. Thank you. Your name? Henry Smith, 55, Evergreen Place. And what can we do for you, Mr.
11: Smith? Well, uh, Mr. Brayling showed me his marionette last night. I, uh, <clears throat> well, I was intrigued with the idea. Uh, not that my wife is anything like that female meat grinder. He's married to you, understand. But, uh, well, I'm a man who enjoys an occasional
12: evening with the boys, you know, without uh, complications. Naturally. Yes, so I thought... Um... That I could duplicate you? I- exactly. I think it might be a ring. Uh-huh. Oh, yes. How much? $9,000. Nine... Nine th- uh, well, I, I have an inferior model at $75. No, hundred, no, no, but... no, no, If I go through with this, nothing is too good for Nettie. Uh, Nettie's my wife.
11: Uh, we've been uh, putting money aside to buy a summer home in Westport, but... Yeah. Uh,
12: sometimes we must choose. Uh, yeah,
11: yes. Well, uh, perhaps I could just slip out $9,000. Uh,
12: it's a joint account. Uh, um, how soon could I have it? Oh, I could construct a mannequin in about two months' time. Good. Shall I consider the order, please? At once. Of course, uh, you'll have to report here for a body mold, mm-hmm. color index of your hair, lips, mm-hmm. skin, etc. And I'll have to do a complete electro-emotional calibration. Uh-huh. Now, you guarantee that these models are foolproof? Hmm? As foolproof as I can make them, Mr. Smithson. I've had years of training. And there's no chance of detection? None whatever. I've never had to complain. Uh, very well, Mr. Zeig. I'll get the money from the bank and send it to you. I am sure you won't be sorry, Mr. Smith. You will be just as satisfied as Walter Brayling.
3: tell her. Yes, Mr. Smith? I'd like to cash this
11: draft on my joint account, please. Yes, sir. $9,000, sir? That's right. Oh, I'm afraid that's impossible, Mr. Smith. Impossible? (laughs) My wife and I have a good $15,000 in our account. You're mistaken, Mr. Smith. Well, I know. Here's your card, sir. You see, Mrs. Smith withdrew $10,000 recently. $10,000? Without even telling me?
12: I remember it distinctly, Mr. Smith. She said it was for a surprise for you. Oh,
11: good Lord, she's bought that house in Connecticut. My birthday is next week. She... No, no, no. I've got to borrow it somewhere. I've already contracted... Uh, yes,
9: sir. Uh,
6: quite a surprise for you.
9: Mm, Mr. Smith?
13: Yes? Oh, hello, Henry.
11: L- hello, Gloria. Is Walter home? Uh, I'd like to speak to him...
13: He should be back soon. Will you wait?
11: Yes, yes, I'd better.
13: Oh, say, Henry, as long as you're here, maybe you can help me with something. What? I went downstairs to get an old suitcase a little while ago, and I heard the strangest noises near that old tool chest of Walter's. He mentioned that the boiler was acting up, and, well, I'm afraid to go down there again. I wonder if you'd take a look.
11: What kind of noises?
13: Like um, a, a thumping sound.
11: Mm-hmm. Well, maybe I'd better go down, Gloria. You stay up here.
13: Should I call a plumber, do you think? No, no,
11: no, no. I'll take care of it.
13: Well, it's right down those stairs.
11: All right, I'll have a look. Good
12: Lord. Hello? Hello in there. Let me out!
9: Let me out!
12: Shh! Uh, Just a minute. Keep quiet, for goodness sake. Let
9: me out!
6: I'll have to smash the lock.
12: Now, what? Henry, thank,
11: thank God you've come. Well, what's the meat? I've been in there all night. I, I thought I'd suffocate. He tried to kill me. He tried to murder me. Who? Which one are you? No, don't be an idiot. I'm Walter. Well, what happened? Me too, the marionette. He stuffed me in a toolbox and left me to suffocate. What? Fortunately, I found an old file in there, managed to get an air hole through the wood. Good Lord. He's taking Gloria with him to Rio. Have, have they left yet? No, he's gone downtown for the tickets. Good. We may have time. For what? To get down to Marionettes Incorporated and tell Mr. Saig to stop him. You're in no condition. So don't worry about me. We can't waste any time. Now, come on. What about Gloria? I'll sneak out. Tell her that you fix the plumbing. Tell her anything. I'll meet you outside. All right. What a fool I've been. What a fool I almost was. I went down and
12: ordered one of those things today.
11: Gloria. uh, Gloria, love.
13: Yes, darling. Did you get the tickets to Rio? Uh, Right here in my wallet.
11: Honeymoon for two under the pampas moon. Oh,
13: Walter, it's so nice to have you like this. Oh, you like the change? I don't know what did it, but whatever it is, I'm in favor of it. I hope it's permanent. Well, I intend to see that it is. Uh, By the way, darling, do you
11: happen to remember where that old pistol of mine is? Pistol? Yeah, I just thought... Since we're going to be traveling in strange countries, well, it wouldn't hurt to bring it along.
13: Well, I, I think it's here in the sideboard. There. You know how frightened I am of these things.
11: Well, I'll, I'll be very careful of it. In fact, I think I'll go down to the basement and practice. Not really shooting it, of course, just to make sure it's in good working order.
13: Well, now, do be careful, darling.
11: Oh, I will. If you should hear a shot, now don't be frightened. I may fire it into a block of wood just to test it. Perhaps I'll fire it into that old tool chest of mine. That should absorb it. Oh,
13: speaking of that tool chest...
11: Uh, What about uh, it?
13: It reminds me that Henry Smith was here. Oh? Yes, I I heard some noises downstairs, and he went to fix the plumbing. Is he still down there? No, no, he left. I really don't understand it. He seemed so anxious to see you before he went down to the cellar. And then he just left.
11: Did he... Stop the noises?
13: Well, he must have. I don't hear them.
11: Mm, yeah, I see.
13: What is it, dear?
11: Well, I have to go out for a while, darling.
13: But, Walter, we have to pack if we're leaving. Well, I'll be
11: back soon. Now, there's something very important I have to attend to. What is it? Well, just some personal business with Henry Smith. Now, please excuse me, darling. And don't worry. When I get back, everything will be fixed once and for all. Oh, we can enjoy the rest of our lives just as though the old Walter Brayling never existed.
12: Oh, Mr. Brayling and Mr. Smith. Come in, gentlemen, come in. What brings you? Mr. Zeig, you told me your marionettes were foolproof. They are. My personal guarantee goes with you. We know all
11: about your personal guarantee. Except that Mr. Brayling's dummy knocked him out, stuffed him in a toolbox to suffocate, and is making plans to run away with his wife. Mm. Oh, dear. Yes, well, Mr. Zeig.
12: Well, I I really don't know what to say, gentlemen. What
11: Mr. Brayling and myself would like to know, Mr. Zeig, is exactly what are you planning to do to
12: stop this... Over-ambitious robot. Well, of course, we shall have to recover a B-2 first. And then I'll simply dismantle him. Right. And he doesn't
11: seem to want to be dismantled, Mr. Zeig. In fact, I think that you'll have trouble catching him. Maybe I can save you the trouble, huh? gentlemen. Yeah. B-2? Look out, he's got a gun. I (laughs) I thought I'd find you here when I discovered the tool chest empty. Now, you look, B-2, whatever you're planning, you won't get away with it. Oh, I think I will. Mr. Syke, can't you do something? I'm afraid I can't think of anything. I'll save you the trouble because I'm going to kill the three of you. No, no, you you won't get away with it. No, No, you forget that Gloria and I will be on the plane to Rio in a few hours. All right, Mr.
6: Syke, you first. Now, see here, this isn't fair. I created you, I... uh, You can't, you... You grab him. I've, I've got him. Look, quick, that
11: hammer. Look out. <laughs> oh, well, that's the end of Brailing, too. But he, he got Zyg though. Yeah. Right through the... Di- mm-hmm. Holy chump and catfish. And it look a- at him. Look, mm-hmm. look at Zyg.
12: It's nothing but a mass of coils and springs, just like Brailing, too. Well, he's nothing but a marionette. He's no different. Brailing. You know what this means. Oh, th- this is incredible.
11: Uh, a, a, a marionette building other marionettes. But someone must have built Mr. Zeig originally. Uh, I, I wonder... What... Well, perhaps Mr. Zeig turned on whoever built him the same way Brailing II turned on you. Well, it, at any rate, we'll never know. Oh. Say, I wonder how many of these things are walking around among us. Oh, i shudder to think of that. You know, some of our best friends might be. Ooh. Yeah. Come on, we have to get out of here. Yeah, but the, the police... Now, don't be a fool, Brailing There's... There's been no crime committed here. All the police will find is two oversized puppets with the springs coming out of them. And they seem so... so lifelike. Yes, I know, and they're only machinery. you got to remember that. Yes. What, what, what'll I tell Gloria? Well, if I were you, Brayling, I wouldn't tell Gloria a thing. I'd simply pick up that other ticket to Rio and take her on a honeymoon, just as she's expecting. Uh, but what, what about you, though, Henry? What are you to do? Me? Well, I'm going home and give Nettie a kiss that'll singe your hair. Oh, you know, when I think of what might have happened if I'd gone through with this marionette thing, it, it makes a fellow realize how lucky he is to be married to a decent woman. Oh, come on, let's go.
12: Eddie, Nettie? Where are you, sweetheart? In here, darling.
11: Oh, oh I've missed you today. Come here.
7: Oh, Henry! Um, oh. oh, you look tired, darling. Can I do something for you? Just tell me. I'm yours to command.
11: Oh, man's a fool to jeopardize a nice home and a loving wife like you. Now oh, you do love me, don't you, Nettie? Oh,
7: you know I do. Here, let me get your slippers on. No,
11: oh, it feels good to sit back on the sofa and relax. Oh, you don't know what a trying day I've had.
7: Oh, I can see you're all upset. Hmm. It. It isn't anything I've done, is it, dearest?
11: Oh, no, no. Well, uh, in a way, something you've done is connected with it, yes.
7: What's that, darling? It's the money. Money?
11: Now, I know you wanted to surprise me with the house, darling, but really, you shouldn't have taken that money out of the bank without consulting me.
7: Henry, I don't even know what you're talking about. Now,
11: now, Nettie. But I don't. Not Nettie.
7: Oh, you're so upset, darling. If it's anything important, let's talk about it later. Meanwhile, why don't you just put your head on my shoulder and rest?
11: Well, I must admit that sounds enticing.
7: Here, let me make you comfortable. Uh, there. Uh, now, you just close your eyes. Uh, mm. That's it. Daddy. Mm-hmm. Yes, darling.
12: You hear something?
7: No, darling. You sure? Like what?
12: Like. The...
11: Ticking of a clock? No. Strange. I don't hear it now, but when I had my ear against your chest. Oh, no. Oh, no, she couldn't have done that to me. Not Nettie.
7: What are you talking about?
11: I'm talking about. No, I won't believe it. You're my Nettie, aren't you? You're
6: real live flesh and blood.
11: But I hear it. It's coming from you.
12: It's coming from you.
10: have just heard X-1 presented by the National Broadcasting Company in cooperation with Street and Smith, publishers of astounding science fiction. Tonight, by transcription, X-1 has brought you Marionettes Incorporated, written by Ray Bradbury and adapted for radio by George Lefferts. Featured in the cast were Les Damon, Dick Hamilton, Carl Swenson, Theo Goetz, Arthur Cole, Bob Hastings, Freddie Chandler, And Ginger Jones, your announcer, Fred Collins. X-Minus One was directed by Daniel Sutter and is
1: an NBC Radio Network production. Thank you for listening. Tomorrow night, it's Burns and Allen, followed by Boston Blackie. Thanks to Joel Schoenwell for technical support. The executive producer for Theater of the Mind is Moses Neimer. I'm Frank Proctor. Have a great night.